Did I scare you? Just kidding. Here's a spine-tingling treat for you this October, just in time for the spookiest holiday of the year. ISSA has conjured up an exclusive promotion and has a sweet Halloween surprise for you. Simply use the code SPEC50, that's S-P-E-C-5-0, at checkout when enrolling in any specialization course, and you'll enjoy a delightful discount. But don't wait, this offer is only valid until October 31st. That's S-P-E-C-50, SPEC50. Thanks for your fantastic support, and now let's move on to today's episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Liebel, here with um, John Bauer. How are you today? It's good to be here with you, Jenny. It's always a fun time when I get to be here with you and an old friend on the podcast. I love it. Um, Yeah, so we have a really fun discussion today. I'm super excited, but you seem to know everybody. But yes, you know our guest. So why don't you give him a brief intro before he gets to talk about himself? Yeah, I'll definitely let him uh, have a chance to talk about himself. But what's what's so cool about doing this podcast and, and being in this industry is uh, some of the connections you make over the years. And I, I first met our guest when he was hosting a, a workshop back when he had his gym in California. And he was he was a gracious host. And I got a chance to chat with him a little bit, got to know him just a little bit. But then over the years, he, he kind of moved on to doing some bigger and really exciting things. And we were able to connect during that time as well. And, and over the years, uh, I don't know if he knows this, but he's had some influence over the way that I, that I coach and teach. And, and because of that, I wanted to make sure that we can get him on here uh, to share his, some of his philosophies and his approach to fitness, because some people might call it, quote unquote, unconventional. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of what he does helps people to feel better, move better. And at the end of the day, again, isn't that the point? So I'm really happy uh, to introduce John Wolf to the podcast. John, welcome. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me, y'all. It's a it's a pleasure to be here with you, and uh, I'm curious how deep we're gonna go, but I promise I'll, I'll give the goods up anytime. <laughs> I well, love it. Hey, we'll go as deep as you want to go. <laughs> absolutely. So, so let's let's start there. For our listeners, uh, John, if you can tell them who you are, what you do, how you got yourself into into the fitness world, and and what what brought you uh, into it, and and your journey throughout. Uh, your your career in the fitness world. Yeah, definitely. So my name is John Wolf. I uh, I've been into some form of physical fitness since I was four, off and on in various times in my life. And so those on times were always good times. Uh, it started in my martial art training at four four years old. And not only was that about fitness, it was about uh, a code of conduct. We had our bylaws. You know, there are things that tied to the physical practices that really help shape who I am as a person. And uh, let's just go ahead and say, you know, life's often like a roller coaster. So there were times where I wasn't so disciplined and those weren't always so good times. And, uh, and that recurring theme happened over and over until I figured out that that was an underlying truth. 
in, in my teens, re reclaimed some, some passion for fitness, a lot more curls for the girls style stuff, you know, uh, you know, which way is the beach It's over there, right? Uh, nothing too, too deep there, but what really got me into fitness as a, as an ongoing deep, ongoing passion, deep practice was on some, one of those downtimes, I ended up being a 130 pound meth addict. And so uh, I needed to reclaim what it was that I thought was a foundation for a lot of those good times. And I revisited the lessons from my early childhood practices in martial arts and a lot of the other layers of physical culture that I experienced as I re as I always revisited those types of practices. Awesome. Thank you for that, John. And thank you for sharing. And, and I know some of those practices uh, that you moved on to, I used the word unconventional earlier because when I took that workshop at the gym you had in California, there was some magazine covers and articles about you and your team doing all this stuff that uh, you don't normally see uh, in the gym. Uh, could you potentially give us some background on, on that style of fitness um, and, and how it became so, so popular? Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I kind of speak from my own experience because I, I was lucky enough to find a lot of that really in that transition. So when I was trying to rebuild myself, I, I went back in and I, I looked at what was more conventional and more bodybuilding centric at, at one point in time. And I just found that that it left me wanting something more and I couldn't really figure out what it was. So I really got studious in my, in my approach. I got exposed to uh, Pavel Satsulin's writing in Muscle Media 2000. I thought it was it was extremely to the point. It was humorous. It was dry. It 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 was very practical, and I loved it. So I, d I dove into and back then it was there were VHS still, uh, you know. <laughs> now we don't have DVDs anymore. It's streaming, right? So everything's uh, on demand. But it was literal physical manual books and VHS tapes. And diving into the his mind, uh, I found. Through him, kettlebell training very early on, about 2001. So uh, in terms of our history of kettlebell training. And so that was really, really early. And concurrently, I found through something as I was just, you didn't Google things back then. I don't think Google was it yet. <laughs> right. You scoured the web to try to find things. And um, and I found another gentleman by the name of Scott Sonnen, who who... He did club swing and a variety of martial art inspired fitness practices. And that spoke to me because of that history I told you about. Now, uh, spent a lot of time using that framework plus all the conventional strength work that I really grew to love and, and kind of made my own flavor, but uh, really went to some very early certifications in both of those systems, both in 2003. And it was really something that I couldn't help myself but to show it to everybody. I worked in office buildings. I had a kettlebell at my cubicle. Um, you know, it, I would basically have everybody over at my garage training that would dare show up. And it was, it was <laughs> for, for years, it was just something I did to build community around me, to, to test the efficacy of these training methods and the appetite people had for them in my social circle. And I think that was a really big foundation for for me to be able to share it with more and more people. And, uh, you know, thankfully, as time had gone on, that magazine 
Uh, it was called My Mad Methods, and it was dedicated to unconventional training methods, unconventional fitness. And it just happened to be that the publisher of that magazine, uh, Mark DeGrasse, uh, he's now a digital marketer, which is a pretty, pretty big big name in the uh, in in digital marketing space. Uh, and so he sold that magazine to this company that I would worked for for almost a decade called Onnit. And Onnit's a, a lifestyle brand, but it's, it's mainly a supplement brand that it's termed the uh, term phrase total human optimization. So fitness became part of that, and they recruited me to lead their fitness division, the design and education system to teach people how to use all these unconventional tools in a, a systematic way that plugs and plays into basically every, any and every other fitness system that you might bring to the table already. And so uh, it's it always is kind of a, a, a humbling to hear, you know, that if I've had any positive effect on the proliferation of these training methods, then I, I feel really good about what I did there. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you were trying to test these things out, like when you're doing it in your garage and inviting people to come try these things and you wanted to see what their appetite was. I'm curious in the beginning, what did people think of these training tools and things that you were showing them? Did they, were they like, what, what is this? Or were they curious? Were they interested? A little bit of all of it. Right. You know, so <laughs> a little bit of all of it. Yeah. So it it was, it was kind of this, this one from the outside looking in, because I would take all of these tools into Gold's Gym, right? Yeah. And I would like be in the corner next to a, a power rack and I'd be doing, you know, lifts in the power rack and using the power rack to kind of like keep myself from, like keep other people from being in my, my space as well to be able to, to move around and do some things. And, uh, and you know, I would get like Caveman, Tarzan, you know, uh, all these these different names but it was genuine curiosity because because there was i think people realized that there was a bridge between the things you did in a very linear form in the gym that were very controlled and then the chaos of everyday life outside of the gym and for a lot of us that might be sport because sport still has rules but even there's a bridge sometimes between you know strength work and sport and so you have you know, training systems that are dedicated to being a little bit more athletic performance focused or a lot more athletic performance focused. And so a lot of these training methods, they kind of fill the gap in terms of linear strength training and rotational training or off-axis kind of non-linear movements, swinging, rotational movements, ground-based movement. And you see the proliferation of a lot of these things happening over the last decade at a larger scale. But at that time, it was kind of odd, you know. So the, there was always those early adopters, and then it was really on me to figure out how to how to package that style of fitness in a way that really spoke to people in my community. Very cool. Did you find that there was a certain way that you delivered it? Um, like, because I love your explanation just now, how it bridges the gap um, between what we do in the gym and what we do in real life. I, that makes perfect sense to me. But how did you explain it to them? Well, you know, in my local community, the the gym that I had that I met John at and I did that workshop, it was it was largely it was kind of filling in the gap. And I think this is always a really good thing for us to understand as as business owners or servants to a community is like we're going to see opportunity when we recognize that there 
that there is an opportunity to, to fill a gap, to, to build a bridge. And, and so what I had found was a lot of these training methods got people out of this kind of mindset of what they had done before, because it was novel movements, they're unfamiliar. And so uh, the way I packaged a lot of this stuff was lighter load and more dynamic exploration of range of motion. And what we would find what found was it really appealed to some really good demographics for us. So we had post like chronically injured people that were looking for solutions of how they can train smarter without recurring injuries. Post rehab, you had kind of weekend warrior athletes that still were were really attached to what they could do. You know, when you ask somebody, a guy particularly, what he benches, he'll tell you what he the most he's ever benched rather than a realistic assessment of what he's at. <laughs> <laughs> what <do you> mean? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, a network of referrals, uh, you know, in, in the local community, uh, kind of introducing a lot of these concepts. Uh, so, so athletes as well. And so it, it was a really fun, a really fun way to kind of find, find unique opportunities to serve kind of communities within our local community. Yeah, and that brings me to another point, John. You you talked about the the fitness part of what you were teaching, but one thing that I I always liked about what uh, what you taught, um, and I don't know if this is how it started out, but you always included the community part. You'd be teaching people about fitness and fitness programming, but then there was also an element of hey, let's be nice to each other and let's share the gift of fitness with with other people, and that's something that I really appreciated because, quite frankly, it's just not something I I heard a lot. Um, in, in other education. And I think we can all agree that it's a really, really important part. So to build off of that, I've seen you have great communities back in that gym in California. And I've seen you uh, help to create a worldwide community when you were at Onnit. So can you tell us a little bit about why building community is so important to you and why it should be important to other fitness businesses? Yeah, definitely. So I kind of you know, if, if I could kind of say like we taught a fitness education system and we had a lot of people that were participating kind of could break it up into like four different primary categories or, or you know, like avatars. But we we really wanted a, a non-homogenous environment so that people could learn from each other no matter where they were in their in their journey, you know, what their training age was, if you would want us. So we had fitness enthusiasts or people who really just wanted to to know what, what was going on in, in some things that they were passionate about pursuing. Two, we had people that were delivering experiential fitness, kind of say like more like trainers, you know, people, instructors. A lot of times they're like maybe doing something that's pre-programmed, but they're really good offering an experiential deliverable. And the third was uh, coaches, people who I see people developing people over longer periods of time, you know, like kind of like cycles of training. And then uh, educators and or therapists, Right. Uh, so when we're looking at all that, the, the the thing that was the fundamental reality is, is, is we build community and we're, we're trying to kind of have a positive impact. The skills we need, they're really available to us when we're in, when we're in our fitness practice, because fitness induces stress. It could be mechanical, it could be emotional, it could be a combination of both. It's a lot of it. Right. Uh, biological, physiological. You're like. A lot of things have to adapt, you know, sometimes, especially in a group setting, being able just to be okay, being okay where you're at is, is a big part of it. 
And so a lot of what we were talking about when, when you attended some of our services, like, well, the, the inner dialogue and learning to be kind to yourself in your personal practice, like be more honest assessment, and then having rather than a reaction, like a, having a response like, oh, this is what is happening. And how do I move forward to create a better outcome? And so fundamentally starts with a community of one or like you and all the different voices in your head. It's probably more than one. <laughs> so there's several. <laughs> there's a lot of them in there sometimes, <laughs> especially when the workout gets really intense, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, and so self-leadership is a big concept there. So because even within us, there's a there's a dynamic, there's a community within us, the different voices that we hear at different times. And how we how we communicate with ourselves is a practice we can take into all of our relationships. So the most intimate relationships with your spouse or, you know, your partner, your children, your family, it, it is just concentric circles out from there. But if we're, if we are under duress and we are not kind to ourselves, chances are when we're under duress, we're not going to be kind to anyone else because we're not in a practice of showing up that way, you know? And so, but community is, is what is one of the most fulfilling aspects of being a human being. If you, if you, if you can find an enriching community to be part of one that you feel aligned with the mission, vision, and values of that community, even if you don't feel you're fitting the bill yet, which I have been, I've felt that way so much. And I'm sure every human does They're like, Oh, should I be here? Like, well, if, if, if you're trying, if you're aspiring, then yes, you should be. If you believe in that, in their values, then yeah, you're you're part of it if you're moving in that direction together. And so community is a big part of that. And from a fitness business standpoint, just from a pure marketing and business play, you need visibility. People need to know who you are and what you do. And why if you're if you're there, if you're here to help someone be better, you're here to help as many people be better as possible at scale. And Learning how to participate in community is a huge benefit for you and your business in that way because you're going to develop some leadership skills you probably uh, will that your business will benefit from. You will benefit from, right? Yeah, I love that, Wolf. I love how you talk about community starting with yourself. And I'm glad to know that I'm not the only person who does acknowledge the, the little voices in my head. Um, cause I, you we were quoting, you were asking about movies and shows and stuff earlier. You've seen, we've all seen men in black, right? Remember the one alien that has the little green guy. And when he opens the alien up, he like dies. That's sometimes I say my little green guy is not happy right now. <laughs> so sometimes I do acknowledge him. He is in there and sometimes he has a voice, um, but that's amazing. That's a really good point that it does start with how we talk to ourselves and then how we communicate with the people around us um, in all aspects. And I think that you pointed out some really great things that our listeners can take with them. If you're trying to build a community, whether it's in person, whether it's online, I think a lot of the same principles will apply. Would you say that there's anything else that you would recommend for people to really pay attention to if they're trying to build or expand their community? After millions of years of evolution, humans have evolved to walk, move, and run barefoot. But modern, narrow, cushioned shoes have impacted foot function and are contributing to a movement-focused health crisis in the process. That's why Bebo Barefoot has designed footwear that is wide to provide natural stability, thin to enable you to feel more, and flexible to help you build your natural strength from the ground up. Studies show that foot strength increases by 60% in a matter of months just by walking around in them. 
Feel ready to take your first steps towards a healthier, more natural lifestyle? Vivo Barefoot's online platform, Vivo Health, has courses, tools, and workshops that will help you achieve your human potential. Start your journey with Vivo Health's personalized foot assessment tool to see if Barefoot is right for you. Plus, we have a special offer for all ISSA members. Get 15% off your favorite Vivo Barefoot footwear using code ISSA15. You can also enjoy a huge 40% discount on any one Vivo Barefoot educational course of your choice with code ISSA40. Visit VivoBarefoot.com backslash ISSA today and start the journey to better foot health. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. And, you know, when I mentor coaches, I, I, I always want to find this happens when you like climb a ladder in an organization. You always get to a point where the current skills and abilities you have are not enough to fulfill the need of your current role. Mm-hmm. And this is, it could be a really devastating reality for a lot of us if you don't feel supported. But it, if, if you're in business, if you're a business of one, or if you're, if you're looking to grow your influence, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you have the opportunity to grow because doing what you can do where you're at right now, isn't going to move you forward. It's just going to keep you where you're at. And so one of the things I really always like to do with my coaches is like, yes, uh, one-on-one communication skills and being aware and attuned to that one person that's in front of you is the foundation of a lot. Right. So it's amazing to be there working in small group. So you learn to split your attention and still be dynamic. Like working in a large group, you can, you can almost like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, like, rah, 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 rah. okay, you're doing really good. I just want you to do that. Hey, I see you over there. Don't be, I want my reps. You don't be cheating on my reps. Oh no, not you. You're going to go ahead and yeah, I want you to just reduce the range of motion work at this pace. Good. Focus on your breathing. Hey, I see you over there. You know, like it's, 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 it's a, it's a really good dynamic dance you're doing with a large group of people and then long format coaching. Now, if I was to take that and say, okay, even if we're doing online coaching, even if we're building online community, it is a different skill set. But I think the foundation of that is, is something I, I really uh, heard a long time ago. And I think it's a really great thing for us to consider are just like communicating at large versus communicating with ourselves. The foundation is the me with myself. And I think that uh, if we think global, we still have to learn how to act local. We have to see how people respond to us in our physical space. We get those social cues. We get the uh, we get body language. We start to tune to those things. And so, one of the things I really recommend to anybody looking to build community, uh, I was lucky enough to participate when I was younger uh, in the JCs. It's a junior chamber of commerce, and it's usually people that are doing altruistic things in their local community, right? So then you learn how to have a positive impact that you can see, touch, feel with people you're service to locally and develop skills and understand how to work with people in that setting, because that's what we're going to be doing at scale. If if you're doing online business, at some point in time, as it grows, you need a team and it's not a one to many. It's, it's a, you and some people that are supporting cast in some way, shape or form that you have to coordinate and execute a strategy with and then have measurable outcomes. And so uh, if you, if you're a a coach, I definitely suggest for not, not only personal development for marketing purposes, look at involving yourself in local organizations like the JCs or 
you know, obviously for public speaking, Toastmasters or something, like getting reps, doing a lot of these things. But also uh, uh, I was participating in that Chamber of Commerce kind of network. There was a local leadership development program where you actually, to graduate, you do something, a project that you design to give back to your community. And I think all of those things are a wonderful foundation for understanding how to lead even in an online space. Great ideas. Yeah, very, very cool. And thank you for all that. And you know, and if all of that fails, you can always show off a little bit. And here's what I mean. I've seen, I've seen John, you know, pick up like a 48 kg kettlebell cold and just strict press it over his head. Like it's nothing, like it's nothing, like <laughs> really easy. So that also gives me another reason to, to follow this guy and be a part of his community because he can, the proof is in the pudding, the, the fitness part of the job he does really well uh, also. So so yeah, again, if all else fails, you can always uh, show them some tricks like that. John, I, I want to kind of switch it up a little bit and start talking about what you are doing now. And you have a, a role with a, a company called Sambo. So can you tell us a little bit about that company and what you do with them? Yeah, definitely. So uh, Sambo is is awesome young platform, right? That empowers coaches to monetize their knowledge. And they do so in, in a like there's a lot of opportunity to design your own business. I think a lot of us, if we've done anything online, we find tools that are really good at one thing. And then you're like, okay, I'll build my business that way. But when we, as we continue to develop and grow, sometimes or often, we find that there's other things that we want to be able to do. Like, as we said, if, if I was to be able to do one-on-one -on -one coaching, but then I learned through those practices, like I have a system and I want to be able to monetize that system. I want to be able to put a course out and do things like that. And a lot of, a lot of times uh, what we find is that the technology we are bought into is it can be limiting and frustrating. And, and that's true to some extent, no matter what platform we're using, because not, you know, it's not going to be designed just to meet our needs, but uh, I got involved with this platform because I really felt aligned with their mission, vision, and values. Back to what we we're saying, I am one of them. Because while I wasn't on it, I always wanted to create a solution that truly incentivized coaches to work together in collaboration. And that that was a big part of the mission of Sambo is that all the functionality that they offer highly incentivizes coaches to work with other coaches and we would even have these large community events we invited a, a, a ton of local coaches with different skill sets different backgrounds and then get them all to work out together with three coaches that would that would present you know in a format or workout format that everybody would participate in shoot content everybody got hero content everybody ate together maybe had some 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 beverages adult beverages maybe. <laughs> uh, and then there'd be like i go you go show off thing you know i may have pressed the 48 kilo or jumped and did a toe touch or whatever you know did my pigeon walk across the floor with kettlebells racked up or whatever the heck people all got to show their stuff and and then find a way to be inspired by each other and realize that the opportunities often are not just finding somebody that I align with and that does the same thing I do, but sometimes the opportunities are finding someone with a complementary skill set and then leveraging each other. Just like when we're talking about building a team to run my business, I, I don't want to find people who do what I do. I do what I do. They need to do the things that I, I'm not good at. 
and us doing things together and working on communicating their unique value propositions is a, is a huge opportunity for growth and to market to people that probably I would never have, have worked with otherwise or been exposed to. So, so I'm a strategic advisor for that platform, helping them move the product forward. And I'm super excited to be part of the company in that way, because I feel like back to bridge building, collaboration like this, not just like social media collabs, but but like collaborating to create experiences, collaborating to to like for deliverables. It, I think it is, is something that our industry really needs. That's awesome. John Bauer, as he was talking, I was like, oh, wait, this is the one that you sent me, right? Yes. And you, yes. John sent this to me as soon as he heard about it. And he's like, what do you think of this? I was like, I didn't have too much time to look at it, but I was like, oh, this seems really cool. And he's like, there's a whole bunch more features and things that you can do with it. So guys, this is a really cool opportunity. We're going to give you tell you where you can find more information about this platform. So Wolf, be ready to share that. Um, but yeah, so it connects different coaches. And like he said, people potentially with co- like complementary skill sets or training styles where you guys can then pool your clients and like ha- host like big, sk- like larger scale events and things like that, which is awesome. But what else can this platform do? What else? What What are some other features other than like bringing together coaches and their client bases um, so that you're getting in front of more people? What else can it do? So you can use it as a one-to-one personal online personal training model. You can sell programs that are turnkey and pre-designed. You can run virtual or in-person events. So say some gyms utilize an ongoing, you know, live class in person, but then they film it and then they basically have that class on demand. So anybody who misses that class can still watch it. Then it's part of their membership. They run their membership through that. So uh, it's 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 not designed to be a gym membership platform, but some facilities use it in that way as well, right? And so uh, that's really cool. What I'm really passionate about is expanding the communication and community functionality within the platform, in addition to all of those diverse like business models that can be run within the platform as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really the most flexible tool set within one platform that I've been able to find so far. So if you're if you're looking at being able to like deliver your content or you're building a business model, it's the one that I found the most flexibility to do what I want to do. And the feature sets are just continuing to expand. We just talked about your Jenny, you said you know, complementary skill sets. And you can find other people. We're actually building tools to help coaches do that where we we can be able to serve them up ideas like, hey, this is another local coach with a skill skill set that's complementary to you. And so those are things that are in the works. It, it because we really we really want to get people to get out of their shell. I remember being a, a I say I wasn't young because I got into the industry later than a lot of the people that start really young. But I remember when I had my had my secret sauce and then I had got hit up by another local trainer in Monterey. I was in Salinas it's just across a little valley, Monterey's bougier and nicer, you know, <laughs> I'm in an agricultural place and there's three ladies and they're like, is early in, in my having my own facility. And I said, Hey, you know, we want to learn kettlebells. Would you do a workshop for us? And, and I think it's natural that I had the response I did. Cause I know other people do too. I was like, should I really teach my stuff to someone else local? Well, that, that person 
is a dear friend of mine was at my wedding. Uh, I'd go visit and she, she's like family, you know, and supports everything I do. I support her, her family. They've all been part, part of my extended family. And, and I just, I hope that if, if we can promote coaches to be more open and more giving, you're going to learn, like I've learned so much from her, whatever I've learned, whatever I was able to provide her, even in just what I shared, that was, that really opened up my whole world of opportunity. I don't think I would have done half the things I did in education or can build community if I was so uh, scarcity focused, so like so, such a scarcity mindset that I, I would never opened up that way. So yeah, you know, th these are the reasons why I think back to what we've been talking about community, uh, networking, marketing in these ways and being of service is just is such an important part of growing as a trainer. I love that. And this platform, everything that you're mentioning as far as the features and what's coming soon, John and I are in front of people pretty much every day who are looking for platforms to do these things. And they're always on multiple platforms. It's all in one. It's in one place. So this is amazing. Where can they, before we move on, where can they find Sumble? Sumble. Uh, so you can find Sumble pretty easy. It's www.sumble.com. S-O-M-B-L-E. So it's kind of a play on words. So you think like, where, where'd you find, where'd you find him? Where'd you find her? Where'd you find that? Oh, on Sumble. But then people can think like, I like it. Like, Oh, an ensemble. An ensemble is people collaborating and working together to make beautiful I music. See what they did there, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, I I know people have been thinking like, oh, ensemble, and so they try to Google that, but it's actually just ensemble.com. S O M M is in Mike B L E dot com, and uh, yeah, the, just stay in touch. And the team there is really responsive if if, if you're looking to to find out more. Very cool. And then I hear you're also doing some adventure retreats, like health and fitness related retreats. Um, what are those like? Oh, those, those are a whole nother level. Uh, <laughs> so it's funny, these two opportunities. So uh, back to, I left on it early this year. So at the beginning of this year, I left a company that I've been at for quite a long time. And I really was honored to serve as, as an executive and led their fitness you know, initiative there from, from kind of the inception of, of them wanting to proliferate a message in, around fitness. And that was really great. But I spent a lot of time kind of floating and trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do now that I'm supposed to grow up? You know, like, like now what do I want to be when I grow up? And, and it, I just want to give a shout out. Like if, if you're a leader, if you're an educator, and we all are, that one of the best things that that you can do is stay humble. And what I really found is Sample, Adventure Retreat, and the framework that supports Adventure Retreat, which I'm gonna be involved in moving forward, have all been brought to me by one of my students that's really passionate and been a great student since the first public certification we offered it on it, this gentleman named AJ. And I, I have to hype him up because he's like always holds me in high esteem. And I'm like, well, in this time that I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, and I was waiting to see what felt most aligned, he's brought me all three of these things. And now it's my honor and privilege to be in a position to support him more directly, to be led in one way or another, and be part of, of his vision because I, I feel so aligned with it. So Adventure Retreat 
was his and his his wonderful girlfriend Jordy's baby. They they started doing these retreats in the Dominican Republic, this beautiful place called El Valle in the Samana Peninsula, which is largely undeveloped, but it's getting developed. It's it's really coming up right now. And so you go out into the jungle and they have this beautiful beach. Reminds, reminds me of the beach, one of the beaches where I grew up, which was uh, Carmel Beach in Monterey County. And two mountain ranges jutting out into the ocean and this beautiful coat, like protected beach. And then the jungle, wild jungle. And you can do like eco style or you can, now there's stuff with some AC, which I, I didn't <laughs> know AC. Uh, but in any case, uh, we, we, everything is designed to enhance the sense of community and relationship, uh, helping people breathe better, move better and feel better through every experience. And, and the adventure component is, we're bringing people into nature, removing a lot of the conveniences of modernity, learning how to rely on each other and the local local locals really support us and we support them. So building that sense of like, okay, we don't have a lot of people, but we have really good people. And we we enhance that by bringing people into experiences that they wouldn't have otherwise. Some of them, some people are really not comfortable with some of those things at first, but then through the support of the people by their sides, they, they take that step forward with a little more confidence. And it's just five days of adventuring around beaches, the jungles, learning from the locals, integrating all those lessons in deep conversation at family dinners and movement practices all day, every day, maybe some zip lining, maybe some neon pool party, dancing, ecstatic dance, maybe some hikes up. Really Wolf, I am gathering that up. you like to party. You enjoy your free time. <laughs> you know what? Fitness is a unique opportunity to work play. You know, like everything, yeah. everything is if you if you look at it the right way, it's it's all fun, you know, and, and it should be fun and engaging. It should be challenging, but that's what makes makes it rewarding is is that that element of challenge. So that, that element of adventure, you know, uh, but planned and progressive just outside the, the realm of where you feel too comfortable, where you're not engaged, right? You know, that's that's the, that's where the secret sauce is, you know? And so, so we just bring people out of their normal environment and challenge them in those ways, in a way that's really fun and engaging. And, and I think it, it really is healing to get that sense of community in a place where we're not overstimulated all the time. Simple food, natural environments, like jungle noises, Maybe some mosquitoes, but you know, can't you can not everything's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny's not a big fan of the of going outside, uh, but I'm an Jenny, indoor I, people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I've seen uh, a, a lot of the videos on social media, and it looks like you guys create uh, an incredible experience uh, with everything that you said: the, the zip lining, the dancing, the movement, the exercise, the, the education, and the and the mentorship. Uh, so overall, it just creates a fantastic experience, fun, but also uh, it sounds to me pretty impactful on the people uh, that are there. So uh, I think that's something that um, you know really anyone in the fitness industry can can appreciate and and learn from uh, is just that if you are creating a great experience for people, uh, that is a big part of how I think you do such a great job of building community. Thank you. Yeah, it's all about an experience, right? You know, and it ideally people walk away from the experiences they have with you 
feeling enriched and, and having an idea of what it is that they're walking away with. Ideally, fitness, I think, is a platform for, for development in every aspect of, of our human reality. So through intelligent and progressive movement and fitness practices is the only way I regain the type of mental, emotional, and spiritual, you know, sense, well-being, sense of sense of ownership and self-control by doing things that I can measure and choose to do one rep. And then it became more, more reps. Yeah. And then more challenge. And only through that did I have the confidence to kind of like really be able to dive deeper into those other areas of my life that were more challenging to control at the time when I was in my darkest. So for me, fitness is just the entry point into everything else. And so that's why we go kind of woo-woo at the certification that I used to teach. It was really a, a personal development course disguised as a fitness course, but both of, both hopefully were highly effective for everybody who was in attendance. And it was meant, meant to be an experience too. It was meant to be fun. And so, you know, I think we have a unique challenge in front of us in our industry to be able to do all three of those things is the only way we're going to compete with Netflix and everything else that's buying for our clients' attention, buying for the attention of the kids or the adults or or our parents, you know, like attention and keeping them from doing what might serve them best. And hopefully, you know, hopefully if we take the approach that you're talking about, providing those powerful and empowering experiences and, and providing a little bit of education. So I think some of us sometimes we do a little too much education. Um, but focusing on the experience and then making sure that, that people walk away with a little tidbit of, of what it was that felt so good, it, it, it can really be a transformative process. I love it. Great points. Yeah. You know, and one thing about uh, having attended a lot of things with you, it's the highest level of hugging at the end of these things in comparison to any other educational experience I've ever been. <laughs> Everyone is hugging at the end. Everyone is best friends. Everyone can't wait to see each other uh, the next time. So if that's not proof enough that you do a good job of creating community, I don't know what is. Well, whether it was at the seminars or at my old gym, if you want to leave the room at the end of the day or at the end of the session, it's either high fives or hugs. I usually like run over to the door as soon as I'm done with the instruction and say, okay, on your way out, either we give some daps, you know, some knuckles, or if you're a hugger and I'm a hugger, sweaty hugs. <laughs> hugs <laughs> the best kind. Yeah. Hugs, you know, you got your choice, whatever your threshold is, or it could be an air high five. If you're really, you know, adverse to human contact at this point, everybody <laughs> ends up being a hugger at some point. And, you know, hugs are a good form of currency, emotional currency, because you know what, the more hugs you give, the more hugs you get, you, know, you, don't run out of, you don't run out of hugs. You give them away, you know, <laughs> I love that. I love that. So if people are interested in learning more about Adventure Retreat, where can they find that? And then also, Wolf, where can they find you? All right. Uh, Adventure Retreat is a, a little bit of a departure from the standard endpoint. Right? So it's a .co instead of a .com. So adventureretreat.co is where you'll find more information there. We'll be uh, promoting upcoming events and expanding our offerings. And then for me, it's really easy. Coach John Wolf. Wolf spelled just like the animal. So don't add any extra letters. The, the wolf likes to spell just like the animal. So coach John, J-O-H-N, wolf, W-O-L-F.com. And uh, I'll be updating my site with more of what I'm doing here with Samba, with Adventure Retreat, and uh, 
some other interesting projects. So, nice. oh, you're leaving us in mystery over here. <laughs> the suspense. <laughs> Nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Lots of really cool opportunities. I'm super excited about Sambal. I'm excited to see where you guys go with that. Um, and it's something that I'm actually going to like look more into. So I really am well-versed in it. So I can talk to our students about it because it sounds like a really great opportunity for a lot of our students who are interested in, in building their own community, building their own fitness business. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and thank you so much, John Wolf, for being with us here today. This has been super fun. Oh, thank you both for having me. It's been a howlingly good time. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, John Bauer, any takeaways or last words for our listeners today? Yeah, you know, I think I'll just repeat the word that we said a whole bunch of times during this podcast, and that's that's community. It's a really important takeaway. Uh, it's something that I never even thought about for probably the first 10, 12 years of my career because it's not it's not in the textbooks. Uh, and I had to go outside and kind of learn about some of this stuff. And I saw the importance. I saw the value. I saw what it can do for my own business. And then I saw what it can do for uh, other businesses. And in some cases, business that became uh, kind of uh, known around the world. So that, I think that is a huge takeaway is how do you create the experience that creates a community around you and what you do and your philosophies in order to grow your business, as opposed to just learning all the all the latest and greatest in, in sales and marketing. That stuff's important too. But if you don't have a community following you, then you know I, I think you'd have to go back and kind of rethink why did you get into the fitness business in the first place? Most people say it's because they want to help people. So building a community is a great way to do just that. So my my takeaway is community. Agreed. I would I would right there with you as far as the community goes. And it's something that I think a lot of fitness professionals um, neglect to think about. They might think about it every now and again, but it should be a focus for a lot of us. And there's a lot of fitness professionals out there who wonder, well, why did my client leave? Or why don't I have any clients right now? Or why, you know, it doesn't seem like people are sticking around. It's human nature. We want to feel like we're part of something hundred percent. And so, well, I think you're dead on people want to feel like they, what they're involved in, they resonate with, and they feel a part of, they feel like they're contributing to it, but they feel like they belong. And so building that or being a part of building that, like you said, starts between your own two years, starts with you and your self-talk, but then we have the opportunity to build that for somebody else. That is how you change lives. That's impactful, right? So I love this conversation. I thought it was great. Um, thank you again, John Wolf, for joining us. This has been super special. Thank you both. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, go back, listen, maybe take some things, check out Sambal um, and Adventure Retreat as well, you guys, but go out there, do all the things, start building your community, do it one step at a time. Let us know how it goes, by the way, shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram, um, but go out there, do all the things you guys, and above all, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.